0: Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Maps Weekly Look at All Things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map Food Editor Eric Sandler. I have Alex I. Young and Cook Lamb from Fat Eatery and Yellow coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. He's a Houston hospitality veteran and a co founder of the Houston Barbecue Festival. We follow him on Instagram at FulmerHOU. Michael Fulmer, welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: i uh, fantastic. We have turned the corner with the weather, so the the gleam that that puts on everything is outstanding.
0: It is patio weather season for sure, and you and I and many many thousands of other Houstonians have definitely been taking advantage of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing.
0: It almost mitigates the sting of an Owen 4 Texans team.
1: I'm sorry, I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: Exactly. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, good news for burger lovers. Burger Chan, the restaurant that closed its location in Greenway Plaza at the end of August, has partnered with Click Virtual Food Hall to serve some of its menu items by its to-go and delivery platform. So we should say that Chef Willet Fang of Burger Chan is not making the food But he has turned all of his recipes over to Gabriel Medina, the chef and one of the partners in Click. And so Click will make Burger Chan's food, and they will deliver it uh, within eight miles of their location, which is at roughly Washington Avenue and Shepherd Drive. Michael, I know that you are both a Burger Chan fan, easy for me to say, and a Click customer. So let me ask you, what do you think about this new partnership?
1: I think it, it's great. Uh, you know, they worked, Burger Chan, you know, Willett and Diane worked really hard to keep things going when the food court, when all the businesses got shut down around them. And we all supported them as best we could. But, you know, there's limits to that. And fortunately, they have, you know, the second location in the works uh, for hopefully early 2021. And um, this one will you know, I'll get my, I can get my Burger Chan fix as well as I think just for them, you know, it keeps their name out there uh, and expands. I think uh, you mentioned this to me uh, in a previous conversation that we had, you know, that the audience that can't get there during the daytime and the ones who are just limited by, you know, maybe space, uh, well, that exposes them to all that. So it's a, it's a win-win for both. I think virtual does a really good job.
0: Right. No, absolutely. No, I, I, it's a, Yes, you you took my point from me, but I'm going to repeat it and emphasize it. It, The thing about Burger Chan was that it was located in Greenway Plaza so that it was only open uh, for breakfast and lunch Monday through Friday. If you have a day job that doesn't let you travel to Greenway Plaza, you know, you don't have the time or it's too far away or whatever, then all you could do in terms of trying Burger Chan's food was read about it. You couldn't actually experience it. Now this partnership with Click means that it's available for lunch and dinner seven days a week. Uh, they deliver within about eight miles of their location, which as I said, is right in the middle of Houston. And if, you're, if, that's, if you don't live in that radius, then you can you can still drive there if you're really, really motivated and want to try it. Uh, and, and anyone who does and hasn't maybe tried Click yet, I mean, it's really astonishing, like how much food they pump out of that. It's basically a cloud kitchen because Gabe Medina is super talented. You know, he worked at a key, he worked for Kata Robata. He went to Japan and worked for Narisawa, which is one of the, the truly great restaurants in the world. And so they do all this crazy stuff. I mean, everything from like pizza and tacos to, you know, Japanese fried dishes and curries and, you know, gave his a uh, Filipino. So they do a whole Filipino menu and poke and all this other stuff. And, and it's a really exciting mix of food and it's all really well executed.
1: Yeah. um, The one thing is I'm ordering a burger for delivery. It's not something I've ever done. I don't order a lot of bel- delivery. So maybe I'm not the best person. Um, I think you experienced the delivery. So I'm curious what you thought about the quality of it.
0: Yeah, no, they, they sent me, uh, a test burger and some tater tots and I thought it held up in the travel really well. Look, I mean, nothing is going to preserve the experience of a burger that's fresh off the griddle. Right. So it, it did suffer a little bit in its traveling, but the flavor was definitely there. And so, I mean, what I'm thinking is maybe I'll order it for pickup and I'll just be that, that guy that, you know, stuff's my face in the parking lot. Like, you know, bring it, bring it out to me and I'll eat it in my car when it's hot and fresh. And, you know, just give me some extra napkins. So I don't, I don't spill it everywhere. I've picked up
1: from them before and it's gone really well. I live close enough that delivery is, you know, I'm within probably five, seven minutes of them. So that's a viable thing for me. Um, What I like about virtual click is not just that incredibly
0: cool delivery bag. I don't know, you know, but... Yeah, the insulated, gold-colored, it, it's it's impressive looking.
1: Yeah, it's like, you almost don't want to, like, I shouldn't throw this away, I should keep this and store something in it, but, you know. Um, to me, like, the metal of, like, the service, uh, uh, what you're dealing with, you know, delivery is, of course, very service-based, is, like, what happens when things go wrong? And I've used them enough time that there's been a few hiccups. You know, one time it was my error, another time it was theirs. And both times... Um, I was able to get through to them or they even contacted me and everything got resolved and that to me like is a really Encouraging thing to see because nobody's perfect, you know, everybody you know, just some things will go wrong and some people have different, you know, needs and uh, The fact that they were able to resolve both issues, uh, you know, both times to my ultimate satisfaction um, Is a really good sign?
0: Well, and the other thing is they package everything really intelligently. So you know, if you get a fried pork cutlet, for example, in a curry sauce, it's like you get the, the bowl with the curry and the rice separately from the crispy pork cutlet, so that the it doesn't get soggy in transit. And and it's going to be the same thing with the burgers, right? It it'll come wrapped in that uh, Burger Chan signature red and white paper, uh, but you know the vegetables will be on the side, so that they don't they don't wilt from the heat during transport.
1: Yeah, I've had that pork cutlet, and you were absolutely right. It did come that way, and um, I love the sashimi that they do also, and it's clear that it's like they're slicing it right before they're putting it in there. It's, yeah, the quality is really good. You know, what's also really encouraging, too, is that, you know, Gabe and Annie, who run that, uh, they're very well-liked, very well-respected in the community, as are Diane and Willet Fang, who run Perga Chan you know, so... You know, like uh, Gabe did a pop-up at Wooster Garden last night. That would have been Sunday night, actually, when this airs. So, um, you know, looking through my social media feed, like I saw all, you know, not just the foodies, but a lot of industry people coming there to support, you know, and that's that's really encouraging to see.
0: No, absolutely. And, and you know, I like that this is kind of a mutually beneficial partnership. It keeps Burger Chon's name in circulation while they build out their new restaurant. It brings their fans to Click who may, may or may not have tried it before. Uh, I really see this as a big win-win, and, and I you know, I will definitely be ordering uh, Burger Chan and not Burger Chan from Click in the, in the future. Right there with you. All right, let us move on to topic number two. Chef Jane Wilde, formerly of the Dunleavy, has a new job. She is the chef and director of operations for Golden Bagels and Coffee in the Heights she has a number of plans to kind of grow what they do you know some more healthy menu items she's going to you know they already smoke their own salmon for lox and nova she wants to add pastrami turkey and roast beef to that mix um, michael let me let me just ask you are you a golden bagel customer cuz cuz i am and i and i'm not sure that uh, i'm not sure if you are
1: no, I am. I don't go that often. Just it's a, you know, distance and a dietary thing for me. Um, but like when I want to treat myself to a bagel and actually, you know, like when I've gone there and sat down and gotten the tray, you know, the quality of the locks is great. The service is excellent. The bagels, and most importantly, the bagels are outstanding. I mean, they're outstanding. So, uh, you know, I've always appreciated what they've done, but, uh, you know, I don't frequent them that often.
0: Yeah, it's an occasional treat for me, too. I mean, you know, I, it's uh, not to traffic in too many stereotypes, but as a Jewish person, I do, I do get uh, the occasional bagel craving that needs to be satisfied, and those house-made uh, lox are really, really good. So Golden is definitely in my rotation, and, and, you know, Jane is someone that I met when she was running the Jane and John Doe Bakery all the way up in Tomball uh, several years ago, And so she's got a kind of pastry background. She, you know, she's got, she admits she's got something to learn about how to make bagels, but, but they already make bagels really well. So she's not looking to change that. Uh, She just wants to kind of enhance what they do, you know, expand their footprint. You'll start to see golden bagel at, at some of the local farmers markets, I think. And, and, you know, just kind of focus on ingredients, you know, expanding their menu to make them more of an all day instead of just a breakfast, lunch thing. Um, you know, she's someone I've had on the show before. She's a, a really dynamic uh, person and and a really talented chef. And I think, uh, you know, all of the tricks she learned working for Clark Cooper at the Dunleavy about how to crank out uh, a lot of a lot of volume and keep a lot of people happy, I think will will serve her well in her new role.
1: Is Jane and John Doe? Is that the bakery that's right by Tejas Chocolate and
0: Barbecue? Yes, it was. It's it's closed a couple of years right. ago. But yeah, it was um, a. It was a. I mean, it was the a, pie
1: there was stellar.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I I only went to the Dunleavy once or twice. You know, kind of it's near me. Just check it out. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Uh, but it's you know it's more of a ladies who lunch kind of place, at least in my mind. Uh, you know, I think looking around, I, you know, one of two guys. I could have been at Tiny Boxwoods or someplace like that. Where, yeah, it just uh, it wasn't like a frequent kind of place for me.
0: Well, right. And of course, but it, and it had a whole event component, you know, at night that's uh, not really viable right now, which is why, you know, it is currently closed. And, and you know, she had to part ways with Clark Cooper. But so I this is a this is an interesting landing spot for her and bringing a little bit of, you know, some more of those like ladies who lunch type dishes to the golden bagel menu. I mean, in the Heights, that seems like a no brainer to me.
1: Well, I mean, the location there is fantastic for them for Golden Bagel. It'll be interesting if they want to expand the menu and expand the time slot, keeping that name and how to, you know, how do you kind of rebrand interiorly without changing the moniker? That will be interesting.
0: Yeah, I think doing some of that community outreach and, and, you know, stepping up their social media and stuff like that will be sort of key in that, uh, you know, getting the awareness out about what they do.
1: Yeah, I mean, the farmer's markets, you know, I went out this weekend. I went to Urban Harvest, you know, as the weather's turned. I mean, it was absolutely packed, you know, and people coming and going. It's and we'll you know, they'll see I think we're going to see great attendance at the places. People want to get out. You know, this is a safe way to get, you know, really good quality produce. And for restaurants, you know, like like uh, you know, UB Preserve, you know, Georgia James having, you know, having their presence there. Uh, there was definitely a good crowd at all those places. Uh, so that's, I think that's a great idea for them.
0: Absolutely. All right. And then let us move on to topic number three. The union kitchen has closed its original location in Bel Air. Um, maybe not too much to say about this. There are after all five other locations of the union kitchen that are still open. And, uh, the one in rice military is reopening soon. But this is kind of where it all started for them, you know, that that, uh, and it's been a pretty successful restaurant, right? An eclectic menu with a lot of different options for people, you know, an affordable wine list, focus on service. Um, I think what it comes down to is that that location is really just too small to be viable in an age of social distancing with their kind of business model.
1: Uh, I never went to it over there. You know, I've always kind of in the last Couple last year or two, I think Bel Air has been a really interesting location for restaurant growth. With the, you know, with the uptick in real estate costs, um, you know, of course, restaurateurs want to be in Montrose. They want to be in the Heights. You know, there's a lot of uh, young disposable income there. You know, for that, but you know, the the real estate prices are, you know, the rents, the leases are really high. And Bel Air represents something that, you know, as we know, used to just get smaller and smaller, you know, uh, that represents kind of a a good opportunity. I think for a lot of places that we see a lot of growth there in the coming years, but you know, all bets are kind of off for this year as it would be. So, but when you're looking to open, you're looking a year ahead anyway, and then you're looking at what is the next five to 10 years going to be. So I think we're going to see a lot of growth in Bel Air in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah. I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting location. It's, it's, I have to be, I'm going to get, if I don't say this, I'm going to get emails about it. So it's technically in Southside Place, right, on Bel Air Boulevard, on the border of the city of Bel Air and uh, West U in Houston. So you're, it's a, obviously it's a very affluent area. Um, Molina's is right there. You know, Dish, Dish Society is coming to the the former bowling alley in that area very soon.
1: Blood well, Brothers um, Barbecue on the other side. Yeah. Right,
0: right. So, uh, you know, uh, very much a a neighborhood that that should be appealing to future operators. I mean, I I don't I don't necessarily have a feel for what I would like to see in that neighborhood, but um, the space is for lease and I'm I'm sure somebody's going to snatch it up. Okay. All right. Good action. (laughs) That does it for the news of the week. Uh, We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. Today's podcast is brought to you by Ranch Rider Spirits. Forget hard seltzers, there is a new canned cocktail available in the Houston market. Trust me when I say you are going to want to try these. Ranch Rider Spirits is an Austin-based, real canned cocktail made with premium spirits, sparkling water, fresh-squeezed citrus, and not a drop of added sugar. Plus, they're gluten-free and have 6% alcohol by volume. The three flavors include Ranch Water, Tequila Paloma, and the Chilton. Whether you're out on an adventure, relaxing by the pool, or just looking for something better for you than a seltzer, Ranch Rider Spirits is the can to grab. Available at local liquor stores, including all specs, twin liquor locations, and select Total Wine, Liquor Depot, Goody Goody Liquor, Pinkies, and Cactus Liquor locations. For a full retail list, visit RanchRidersPirits.com. Michael, for our Restaurants of the Week, Instead of talking about new places, I want to talk to you about a couple of bona fide Houston area institutions. Let's start with Dozier's Barbecue. This is out in Fulcher. It's uh, it's been around for about fifty years, but they have mixed things up recently by bringing in pitmaster Jim Buchanan to kind of modernize what they do. We know Jim, of course, from his time at Pop Charlie's Barbecue. Then he had. Bucks Barbecue down in Galveston, uh, short-lived but well-regarded. Uh, and now he's at Dozier's. So you're uh, you're the barbecue expert. You're the the barbecue festival guy. What did you think of our lunch at Dozier's?
1: I thought it was really good. Um, I my second meal once post you know during quarantine once some of the restaurants were reopening. I want to say this would be back in May, maybe, or early June, uh, was at Dozier's is, in fact, um, first one being at Corkscrew. You know, got to get the barbecue in. Uh, and it was a good experience then. And it's only gotten better. Um, you know, they're allowing dine in now. Um, you know, the protocols that they're they're instituting or that they're upholding are really good so it makes for a, a comfortable dining experience like i felt safe the whole time there after talking with them you know and about their attitudes about that that made me feel even better um you know everything was clean people were cleaning tables in between mm-hmm. uh you know a big thing about barbecue of course is that barbecue you know it has to be cut to order if it's going to have any kind of quality And uh, of course they're doing that. But so that comes to, then the big issue becomes line management. You know, how are you handling that? And I thought the line management there was really well done. Uh, They had at least three, if not four people working the line. Jim of course was doing the cutting. We got through their lickety split uh, and the quality of our food was really good. You know, it's, it's, I think Dozier's represents an interesting potentially, you know, a prototype for, what we can see uh, some older places do is the idea like they're about 57, almost 60 years old. Uh, So how do you honor your, your regulars and your heritage? You know, that, that legacy that you have. And at the same time, you know, you got to, this is the 21st century, you know Uh, you can't, you got to adapt or die as, as a friend of ours says. And uh, I thought they did a really good job of that. Like you've got your quality Trinity, you know, the brisket was fine. Uh, their sausages are good their turkey excellent the ribs though really really good. Um, yeah no,
0: I was I was particularly impressed by the quality of those pork ribs they were they were meaty uh, they were that right texture where it's not, it's not fall off the bone it's got a little bit of tug to it and just a really like assertive uh, savory pork flavor right not a lot of not a lot of adornment you know it doesn't need a lot of sauce or glaze just simply seasoned exactly. Um, but, you know, and, and I mean, I like a sweet and spicy rib, don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's just nice to taste the meat, right? Like, it's just nice to have Yeah, that. exactly.
1: It wasn't, it wasn't bland. It had just enough seasoning, so there's like a little crust on it, and the tensile strength on it was just perfect. You know, you could just pull the meat off the bone, uh, and then you get, like you said, you get that deep pork flavor. Uh, you know, like those ribs at Snow's, you know, reminds me of that in that respect. Uh, right, absolutely. Yeah, great quality. So yeah, I think great things to come. And, you know, some older places might look to them and say, Hey, how can I, you know, how can I, how can I move forward here and still keep doing what I'm doing, you know, honoring my people. And uh, I think that's a good paradigm that they have there.
0: Right. And I, you know, there's not a ton of uh, sort of high quality barbecue options in that sort of Katie Fulcher corridor. And it's a really growing area. And, and, you know, this is, you know, hiring Jim and, and kind of updating the recipes and, and, you know, maintaining the quality is, is what's going to give Dozier's, you know, hopefully another 50 years. Right. I mean, that, that's the, that's the, yeah. Most- he
1: seems really committed to the brand. You know, it's not about him coming in and doing all of his stuff necessarily his way. I mean, he wants to bring out the quality and he's committed to that, but he seemed really committed to like, Hey, you know, this is these people, this is what they expect. I want to give it to them. Uh, Absolutely. And that's done. That's encouraging.
0: Yeah. And then I just want to briefly talk about Giacomo's, the Italian restaurant in River Oaks. Uh, We had dinner there on the patio Friday night. Um, Again, I don't, I don't really know what there's, that there's too much to say about this other than um, this is, this is absolutely one of my favorite restaurants in Houston. Uh, So consistent. And we had, uh, we had a pasta, we had the, uh, what did we... That's not good when I just totally... Oh, we oh, had the we garlic bread. We had the linguine, we had linguine with clams. And, right, and linguine with
1: you know. clams with just a little bit of sausage and a little bit of uh, crushed red pepper in there, I think. Or it might have been Calabrian chilies. I'm not sure.
0: Right. And then uh, and then a, a trout special with uh, like an arugula salad with some citrus that was absolutely out of this world.
1: Yeah, I... I love it there, too. I mean, she, what Lynette does is that, you know, what you what I expect from Italian food is, like, I don't want, you know, like you're not going to get 12 ingredients, some complicated layers sauces, and, you know, impossible uh, technique. It's it's just a really high-quality food uh, executed at a really, you know, high level, and, and we totally got that there. It's like uh, the pasta was just fantastic. Uh, one of the things I like about Giacomo's is, I have some favorites, like it's the one place I'll order carbonara, you know, uh, at a restaurant and not make it myself. But like, I always will wait for the specials because the specials are you know, almost always something that I find really appealing and they're really good. Uh, and that's, that. I think that's a great sign of them too.
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I go there for, uh, you know, linguine Bolognese or, or, some of those classic dishes that that, uh, we had the sauteed, uh, the cold mushrooms. I mean, that shaved Brussels sprout salad's really great that, you know, honestly they do these chicken wings that are, that are pretty tasty, but uh, yeah, whenever this, whenever they sort of read off the specials, it's like, uh, you know, you should, it's, it's a strong, it's always a strong consideration. And and we did that with the fish and we're uh, suitably rewarded.
1: Oh yeah. And they don't, you know, they don't phone in the desserts either. It's not like, okay, here's a basic tiramisu and here's a gelato that maybe we bought somewhere else or whatever. It, I I mean, I had a lemon crostata, this sort of lemon tart and the crust was just perfect. It was chilled, but it wasn't ice cold. Like there was a heavy tart flavor, but it was just perfectly balanced with the sweetness. Like ah, it was just, it was outstanding.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it was, uh, you gave me a, you, you, uh, you shared a couple of bites with me before you finished it off. And, uh, no, it was really first rate and, you know, it's a restaurant. Um, they're seating their back patio now, which they had not been doing pre COVID. They've got that, that front patio that overlooks Westheimer, uh, lots of room in the dining room, obviously the staff taking, taking every precaution and and they're doing to go as well. Um, it was a place I felt very comfortable dining and, uh, you know, obviously, one of those places that I, I want to see come through this is as strong as it can be. So,
1: yeah, always solid service and uh, and and it's worth noting dog friendly.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, Michael, that does it for our restaurants of the week. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I will be right back with Alex Young and Cook Lamb. I am joined this week by two chefs who are connected through the restaurants Fat Eatery and Yellow. Let me introduce you all separately so that people can hear your voices. Cook Lamb, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you, Eric?
0: I'm doing great. Alex A. Young, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear that. Cook, let me start with you. I mean, people may remember that you were sort of briefly affiliated with Sing, a Singaporean restaurant in the Heights that unfortunately uh, didn't last very long. What about Yellow and what about Alex made it seem like the right kind of move for you to, to give uh, restaurants another shot?
2: You know, um, I'd never like closed the door on restaurants after that experience. It was a huge learning experience but i was very patient waiting for the next project to come along and alex is you know i can't say i can't say enough positive things about what i've what i've learned about alex and what how i've come to know him as that person he's just he's a, an incredible friend now and mentor and restaurateur and i think you know he has a really good following with the community and i really love his um i guess the way he feels about what he's doing, I think it matched, you know, my feelings of, of why I wanted to do this was to really feed people, <laughs> make people happy and and do what I love to do, which is cook.
0: <laughs> um, Alex, tell us a little bit about yellow. I mean, obviously the last time you were on the show, we talked about fat eatery quite a bit. So, uh, what made you want to add Vietnamese sandwiches and banh mi to your, uh, to your repertoire?
3: uh We when we expand uh, when we expand the uh, fat eatery, we still have uh, a space left. Half of the space left next door. So the whole time I was thinking about I don't know, not sure what to do with the, the rest of the half first, because I knew that I do not want the whole space to expand fat. Uh, right now the after the expansion, the kitchen is just right because I overbuilt it at the beginning. So even with the other seating at the time uh, it's just perfect so what are we what are, am i going to do the, with the rest of it i i would i've been thinking the whole time then one night thomas Wood with petty petty came by uh having dinner then we were just chatting and he was like hmm uh, we need a good bunny shop in katie like Ooh, that's that's a good idea it's a very good idea so i reached out to cook she is the only person that i thought of and if she say no i'm not going to do it (laughs) actually at the beginning she said no (laughs) all
0: right well so why what is it about cook that made her the person that you wanted to partner with on this
3: i mean i taste her food at sing Uh, i met her a couple times we we did chat a little bit before so i think her her experience and like uh, her style of cooking will will bring a lot to the plate of uh, of a concept like this. Cook, obviously,
0: there's a no shortage of banh mi shops in this town. I mean, how do you how do you stand out?
2: Well, you know, uh, we went back and forth on how we wanted to do this. If we wanted to go traditional or do something that just, you know, blows people out of the water. Banh mi works because it's a traditional Vietnamese sandwich. Like you want all of the ingredients, all of the components have to be there to make it a, a true banh mi. Um, we we are going to have two parts of the menu the traditional and the inspired and the inspired allows us to be creative We're, we want to do some fun things with banh mi we want to try some you know more international takes on the banh mi but still have the traditional banh mi offered to the public and we just want to do things you know very fresh and clean and um you know there's there's a stereotype out there where you think of asian food and it's cheap and you know there's not a lot of flair to it but we, we don't want to go that route. We want to use good ingredients. We want to um, make sure that we source locally and we want to stay true, you know, to what a banh mi is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think every Houstonian has that, you know, stand in line for the $2 banh mi experience <laughs> at, uh, you know, a restaurant like Liquor or, uh or some of the other places. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's an important part of our culture, but but obviously that doesn't mean that that's the only kind of bon mi that people are allowed to make. Mm-hmm. So then what, what is like a creative banh mi? Like what's one of the dishes you're, you're working on? So for the yellow? one that
2: I've, I'm really looking forward to showcasing is called our faux wrench dip. Uh, so, you know, a take on the the faux brisket and spiced with the, star anise and and the clove and with the hoisin and the sriracha. And then we want to serve it with a side of our pho broth and have it like a dip. Um, I've had it somewhere before uh, uh, as a bumbaa way, bun mi. And I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, like it's, it's really good. You want, you want that broth. And as a Vietnamese person, pho and bumbaa way, all of these noodle dishes really are the traditional Vietnamese, you know, dishes and to pair it with the bun mi is, is a fabulous idea.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, are you going to do, you know, spring rolls or or are you going to do pho? I mean, like, like what, what else is on the menu?
2: I don't think we're going to do pho. Uh, We're going to leave that to the professionals. (laughs) Uh, But yes, spring rolls. Um, I really love the mango papaya um, slaw or a salad that uh, fat is fat makes. And so we thought, you know, we'll do a take on a spring roll using that with some, some shrimp and fresh herbs and vermicelli. That's going to be a really fun, you know, really um, fresh roll, the shrimp, mango, papaya roll. Uh, we also will do the egg rolls. You know, uh, we're working on recipes for gourmet potato chips right now, testing with like salted duck egg and chili and Parmesan Um we made uh, I made a sample that the staff at Fat really really loved, and so I can't wait to to show that off.
0: Yeah, and then um, Alex, let me let me bring you back in on this. I mean, how's the construction going? I mean, when uh, roughly when do you expect Yellow to, to be open?
3: Um, Yellow will be after Fat Kitchen in Midtown for sure, as we want to do all the training, all the operation, and everything at Fat Kitchen. We train right our neo kitchen staff over there. They will bring them back to Katie.
0: All right. Well, good. Well, that is a good segue into the next topic, which, of course, is the Fat <laughs> Kitchen, your uh, ghost kitchen that you're opening in the Third Ward. I mean, the last time you were on the show, you sort of suggested that you might be open to a location of Fat Eatery inside the Loop. Um, why did you decide to go the ghost kitchen route instead of a, a full service restaurant?
3: Um, I'm sure after the pandemic, a lot of things changed. Uh, I really like the idea of the cloud kitchen. And so I go, let, let's give that a shot. Instead of like spending longer time and sure, more, more money to build a brick and mortar. Uh, now, in the past six months, I've seen the way people eat changed. Uh, before we are doing 10% to go. Now we are doing 50% plus. On two go. So that, that's the way it's going. And I believe that it's here to stay. We just go with the cloud kitchen instead of building a brick and mortar. And we can do this in a lot shorter time frame. And uh, we can put multiple concepts into one kitchen. So that's the benefit of it.
0: Right. So which concepts? So I, obviously you'll be doing fat eatery and yellow from the cloud kitchen. Uh, what else are you doing?
3: We will be doing a new concept called uh, pick and duck, which is Chinese barbecue. Okay. Uh, it's something that uh, there are not much of uh, that kind of food in the midtown or surrounding area, but around the third world, say, five miles. Yeah, There are not too many. We have Silap City, which is has been there forever from the previous one. But we want to give people more choices. Yeah, so...
0: So kind of the roast duck, the roast pork, I mean, what are, what does that menu look like?
3: It will be roast duck, It will there will be uh, char siu, the barbecue pork, and the roast pork, yes.
0: And you'll do the Peking duck, like with the, the buns and the scallions and the hoisin and all that?
3: I, I'm I not a big fan of buns since I grew up uh, in, in Hong Kong, I mean, or even when I was in Beijing, I've never seen a bun until I come to Houston.
0: So you'll do it with the pancakes?
3: yes. Yes, maybe and, uh, we can give choice, uh, <laughs> uh, both to people. I mean, it's up to them, but yeah, I mean, I have never seen a bun wrap, uh, <laughs> to eat with the Peking duck in my life until I come to Houston.
0: All right, so what is the i mean, making Peking duck, as I understand it, is pretty complicated, right? You gotta, you gotta, they you puff the skin right before it's yes. roasted, or yes, um, I mean, have you, I mean, do you have experience? I mean, making this, I mean, how did you, uh,
3: how do you I spent quite a quite some time in Hong Kong learning that uh, back in the days this is one of the things that I really love to make uh, since day one but I never really get a chance to like put it out there uh, but uh, as especially right now, next door we have Chung Wan, which is making excellent barbecue I'm not gonna compete with them with my next door neighbor right <laughs> yeah uh, and so so Cloud Kitchen, we, we can do something that I really love to do, what I really want to cook um, in that kitchen. We'll see how it goes.
0: I mean, how much of the fat eatery menu will you be doing at Fat Kitchen? Are there are there any dishes that, that just don't travel well?
3: Yeah, there will be no stir-fried dishes in Fat Kitchen. Like stir-fried noodles, things like that, it will not be in Fat Kitchen. Uh, most of them will be the curry, uh, the roti, uh, things like that, noodle soup. All oh, of the troubles, well, uh, will stay in Fat Kitchen, and there'll be no stir fried noodles for now.
0: All right, and then, uh, roughly, when do you expect Fat Kitchen to open?
3: Uh, it's been a bit frustrating on all the inspection and everything. Uh, we got our equipment in for like two weeks already. They supposed to have all the inspection done by this Friday.
0: So all right. So if they if you pass inspection on Friday, you've got some training to do. But we're I mean a week, a couple of weeks sounds like.
3: I would say one week. We'll get everything done in two mm-hmm. weeks. We should be able should be able to open.
0: All right. Uh, well, that's very exciting. Yes. And then, are you gonna? Um, you know, uh, Felice and I talked about our, our recent visit to Fat Eatery. Uh, you added dim sum to the menu. Yes. Uh, how did that? I obviously. This I, I I guess this stems from your time in Hong Kong too. Yeah. How's that been received?
3: It's been received very, very well. Uh, we, we have that as an appetizer, as you saw. We do not have like the whole full menu on dim sum. We just have a couple items just for like our guests to have it as an appetizer or like a bite. Uh, instead of like having a full dim sum meal, like you go Chinatown, we go do some today, then you have know, chicken feet, all this, all that. Now we just keep, we just concentrate on a couple of items, and uh, it's been received very well. We were going to do it for like a, a month, like a special, but as we received so well, uh, we were just keeping it on the menu. And it will be in Fat Kitchen also.
0: Oh, good. Uh, I was going to be very sad if it was not.
3: Uh, on <laughs> menu yes, it will be in Fat Kitchen also. Yes.
0: Because I really enjoyed it. I mean, the, you know, the, the delicacy of the wrapper, right? It's it's nice and thin. And then just the the vibrancy of those sauces. The chili sauce is, is really spicy. And, and the quality of the ingredients. I mean, that you know, it's it's nice when you can taste the sweetness of the shrimp um, instead of the, the dumpling basically just being an excuse for uh, eating soy sauce.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, you are not supposed to eat soy sauce. I mean, many people do not agree with me. Well uh there is no such thing as chili oil, soy sauce, and sriracha into one plate to eat himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cook, I mean what's it what's it been like for you to kind of expand your culinary repertoire with these Malaysian dishes and dim sum and and now I guess you'll be you'll be working with Alex on some of this Chinese barbecue.
2: I have really enjoyed this experience, um, using this time to, to watch his operations and to get to know his staff and everything. he's He really runs a great, uh, you know, it, it's a well, fi- it's a fine-tuned machine <laughs> there. And he, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's had a lot of years of experience and I'm benefiting from that. And I really appreciate that a lot.
0: No, absolutely. Um, Alex, the, the other thing I, I kind of want to talk to you about is kind of just how it's been for you, maybe since February, I think uh, you know restaurants in in both uh, Bel Air Chinatown and Katy Asian Town were kind of the the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, for for restaurants all over the country. In that you saw a downturn in business even before uh, the government shutdowns from the coronavirus. Um, what has that experience been like for you, and, and kind of how are you? How have you managed? Uh, manage the the pandemic
3: so uh we are pretty lucky we are not in the middle of chinatown and so we did not really get hit until march uh until that march then we refilled feel the oh okay it's going very slow then when march 17 came we're reading no what to do we, we okay it's very slow there's no dining So uh, during that two weeks, I spent the time to, like, really see what we should do. So we added the uh, online ordering, like, in no time. And it's very important. Then we realized that it's very important. Then we start adding things like that we normally would not do at more time, like the ice cream, like, uh, uh, different stuff. At one time, we were selling crawfish, and we are selling very well. Something we just have to change. We cannot just sit there and and do the same thing like before. And I'm very happy that the KD community really support us a lot, and uh, all, all the new dishes we it was very well received. And the crawfish we're bringing back next year for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. crawfish and uh, ice cream. We were going to do it for a short while, and it's moving very well. I mean, it's. It's been nice since day
0: one. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I got to try durian ice cream for the first time. You, you know, I, I'd never had it before.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's different. It's a it's, it's a little different. funky, but uh, <laughs> you know, we oh, it was the milk tea that you were out of. That was the one I, I really wanted to try, but uh, that just means I have to go back to Fat Eatery.
3: Yeah, or, or no, maybe you can order from my Fat Kitchen.
0: That's right. Oh, I will. <laughs> uh, I will definitely be ordering from Fat Kitchen. You can can count on that. (laughs) Um, Cook, what's it, what's it been like for you? I mean, working right now with all the the requirements for wearing a mask and, and maintaining social distancing. And, and I mean, how do you kind of feel, you know, operating in a restaurant right now?
2: You know, um, as Alex said it we made a lot of changes to how yellow was going to be set up and i think uh, a major focus was making sure our kitchen was flexible enough and big enough to be able to do diverse things and i think that's been one of the huge strengths about alex and fat eatery so far like they're so flexible like you know making these making sure that you change the way you operate to to suit the environment you know it has been a game changer for him so Watching that happen, coming into yellow, I, you know, similar with Sing, I'd always thought delivery was going to be the future. Like people are just eating different. People want to be eating at home. And so we want to make sure we get them the freshest possible product, you know, when they when they see it at home, when they have it at home. Packaging is important. Um, the way that we uh, make sure that we are safe with their food will help them to trust us and, and want to come back and, and be loyal customers. And so I think that's a huge that's a huge plus you know, for us that we are able to kind of gather all of that right now. And, and when we get ready to open, we're going to have all of that at the forefront um, in mind, the safety and making sure that, you know, they they know that we understand their needs.
0: No, absolutely, and and Alex, I mean, what are you? I mean, what is your sense from your customers? You know, are people are people getting more comfortable dining in? Do you do you? Is is the business coming back a little bit? I mean, where where are you sort of?
3: The business overall is is pretty close to before pandemic already, but as uh, as you saw the other day, uh, we are still separating the table with a very large. Space in between them. Although the government said we can do seventy-five percent, we are still doing it like more like a forty percent, as you saw. Uh, there is like a six feet in between tables, and we're keeping it that way. Uh, sure, I can put one or two more tables uh, between them and make a couple more bucks, but I want our customer to feel comfortable. Oh, okay, I go to fat. I don't care if it's seventy-five percent or when they say it's hundred percent. I need to get the feel that my customers are comfortable uh, to do that before I will do that.
0: Right, right. And that I I mean, Cook, you've been interacting with diners some. I mean, um, how would you describe people's attitudes when they're in the restaurant?
2: Oh, it, at Fat Kitchen, I mean, I'm sorry, at Fat Eatery, everyone's always happy. Um, we, I, I've noticed a lot of times there have been comments about how they do have a lot of space and they don't have to worry about somebody bumping into them or walking by them, and it it does make people feel you know more comfortable. Um, at other places that I've been to, it's it's not you know it's from me as well. Like I've noticed as as a guest, I don't feel comfortable when you know there there's a chair that's backed up to me where someone could be coughing at their table and it's within ear it's within in earshot and It makes me feel a little worried, you know, that, hey, am I safe? Should I be dining out? But as far as the climate for dining out, I think it has returned. Everybody's like dying to get out and eat on the patio. I think it's, you know, um, they've been stuck inside so long that they want to get back to eating out. And it's a part, it makes you feel normal again. And so for us to provide an experience where they are safe at, at that, you know, is really important for us.
0: Yeah, then, Alex, I I should have asked you this one other question about uh, Fat Kitchen. Does that facility have dining capability, or is it strictly to go and delivery?
3: Okay. Uh, The brand name is called Cloud Kitchen. They have a lot of kitchens in the West Coast, uh, in the Midwest, and everywhere. This is the first one that they have actually has a so-called dining area. So you can pick up, and you can sit down there and eat. It's like a, nothing fancy, just like a cafeteria,
2: cafeteria
3: style, mm-hmm, yeah. like some benches. So instead of going to your car and take it back, you can actually sit there and eat.
0: And then have you, uh, have you gotten to know any of the other operators? Have you, have, have you tried any of the, the other concepts in the, in the facility?
3: The only one that I know of is uh, Mr. Shenantoon, uh but I have not had a chance to try his craft uh, burger yet or his thick chick.
0: <laughs> yes. Thick, I read yes, that. Thick you shit. did the, uh, the yeah, you yeah. I, I did. I did. And I enjoyed it. Uh, and really? I, I was just thumbing through, uh, one of the delivery apps over the weekend. And I saw a whole bunch of places I had never heard of all with that Blodgett street address. So it seems like that facility is filling up pretty fast. I don't, I don't know how many, how many concepts are going to be pumping out of there, but, uh, seems like it's going to be a really diverse mix of, of yes. vendors.
3: They have like 40 something kitchens in there, 47, 48. I remember in one kitchen, like, I like guess there are three concepts. Uh, some people might have even more. I don't know. Right. So we do not know how many concepts that they'll be actually pumping out. And then you have the food truck outside. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a lot.
0: All right. So, uh, so cook, let me, I'll, I'll bring this back to you. We can kind of wrap this up, but, uh, What's the one, what's the one uh, dish on the yellow menu that, uh, that you're most excited about? Is it, the, is it the faux wrench dip, or is there some secret?
2: That's the one I'm, I'm very excited about. Uh, I've been, been very working good with it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, well, you know how this ends. I, we have to play the lightning round. Alex has done it before, so, so Cook, the spotlight is on you. Uh-oh. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind
2: okay
0: cook lamb what is your favorite ingredient
2: white pepper <laughs> we share that in common
0: <laughs> me and alex white pepper <laughs> what is the first band you ever saw in concert
2: oh my god beastie boys and um cypress hill opened for them at <laughs> to patinas in new orleans
0: <laughs> this, is, this is back-to-back weeks with cypress hill is one of the answers uh what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive through Uh
2: Jack in the Box egg rolls.
0: <laughs> Ooh, ew. <laughs> this is no, no, this is this is the I'm, right answer. This yes. is my answer. <laughs> Hardly anyone I've I've been doing we have 160-something episodes of the show and, and the only three people have said that. You know, everybody just says whataburger. So props to you for getting the, the right answer on this. Uh <laughs> Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present?
2: Oh, my gosh. I love Alex Bregman. <laughs> it's
0: a perfectly fine answer. And then finally, when you go to a pizzeria for the first time, what are your go-to toppings?
2: Oh, it's got to be Italian sausage and, like, double the Italian sausage.
3: <laughs> no pineapple?
2: No, no pineapple.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, Cook or Alex, give us the, the website and the social media for – for Fat Eatery and Fat Kitchen and Yellow.
2: Okay, on uh, Instagram and Facebook, it's at Yellow HTX. Um, and then we don't we have our website up and going yet. I mean, it's a placekeeper, so there, you can't find anything there. But if you follow us on Instagram, uh, we update our stories all the time. You can see the build-out. You can see uh, my test kitchen menu items and all that, and it's it's a lot of fun.
0: Alex, how about Fat Eatery?
3: Fateatery.com. Perfect. Yeah, it's very simple. Then you'll see all the news from Fat Kitchen and everybody, all in Fat eating. Uh
0: Cook and Alex, thank you so much for doing this. Thank,
3: thank you, Eric.
0: Thank you. you can follow me on Instagram, at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.